Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyerup904.com. Major Jack alert! We said a long time ago that we wanted this thing to come down to week 18 and it has. The Jacksonville Jaguars have walloped the Indianapolis Colts. How do you like that one? C.J. Beathard takes an E, and that is that. What a dominating performance by the Jacksonville Jaguars. 38-10. I mean, they came and rolled the Los Angeles Chargers. (laughs) Trevor takes an E, and that'll do it. Jags win it after being down 17-0 early in the ballgame. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders 27-20. Major Jaguars! Tucker puts a foot to it. The 67-yard field goal! It's no good! No good! The Jaguars win it! What a win for Jacksonville! That's going to do it. Are you kidding me? They haven't won here since 2013. The Jaguars have come to Music City and sung a victory tune. How good is that? Jacksonville 36, Tennessee 22. Major Jaguars! Drops the throw. Looking, looking, fires middle of the field, and that ball is picked off! It is picked off by Rayshon Jenkins! He's running it back along the right sideline! That is going to be a touchdown! That is going to be a touchdown! The Jags are going to win it on a Rayshon Jenkins pick six! Are you kidding me? How good is that? Come on, somebody. The teams win games for sure. Uh, they, in this this point in the season, you, you got to. It's, it's where we're at. There's nobody left to boo here. They booed all day long at the Jets fans. The Jags came in here and took care of business. That's what happened tonight. We understand the task in front of us, and I've said that the last couple weeks. We, every game's a must-win for us. Deal with it. Jags start from their 38. They go left to right here. Inside handoff, Travis Etienne. He's in the open field, 40. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Travis, E, T, N. It's been all Jaguars today, 31-3, closing second of this game from NRG Stadium. We said a long time ago that we wanted this thing to come down to week 18, and it has. Seal with it! That shows me, shows you right there, that we're right there. And we are right there with them. I need a one, I need a new ball here, guys. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, it was always the Jags. Deal with it, partner. Oh, yeah. And put Fred Taylor in the Hall of Fame. Come on, somebody. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your host, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Donovan Darius. And E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Victory Wednesday. We'll take it all week long here. This is Jaguars today, inching closer to hosting the opening round of the playoffs against the L.A. Chargers, the team the Jags handled quite comfortably the first time around. Of course, a different look Charger team coming in. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and as E.T. mentioned, Donovan Darius is here as well. Double D, how are you? Man, I'm doing pretty good this week. Feeling good about the state of affairs right now? Oh, huh? of course, man. Of course. I mean, that's that's what you want. Like Coach said, I mean, you wanted to come down to Week 18, and Jaguars went out and took care of business, man. And here we are. Uh, what do you compare it to? I know uh, you were watching the game 
at home, mm-hmm. but uh, when you look at that atmosphere, uh, did it kind of give you goosebumps and take you back to some of those early uh, or late 90s, I guess, encounters that you had on the field? There? Oh, most definitely, man. I mean, anytime you get a atmos- uh, playoff atmosphere, it's totally different. Uh, from anything in the regular season, no matter how big the magnitude of that game is. And so, I mean, you turn to every sports network. I mean, they were talking about the Jaguars, you know, radio stations. I mean, everything, everybody was just blowing up about the excitement around this game. And so, like I said, it reminded me of some of the big, big games we had, you know, back when we used to play. I was just glad to see everybody came out, man. It was so much teal and white, you know, in, in the stands. And just everybody was just fired up. You know, to, to see the Jaguars knock down Tennessee again and get an opportunity for the playoffs. Did it mean something extra to you as a, a member of that 99 team that, you know, had their season wrecked by the Titans, let's be honest, right? I mean, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, I mean, anytime you knock down the Titans, especially the fact that they were the nemesis of the Jaguars for so long, um, I mean, that's always great. But uh, but I think more than, more than anything of what we did, I mean, the fact of what this Jaguar team has done starting out 2-6, and six, you know, and going on this streak and, and finishing what is it seven and two the last you know last you know you know winning seven and two the last several games they had man it's it's awesome and now they're in the playoffs man that's all you want is just an opportunity to be in the playoffs. What does it feel like week to week, Donovan? You've been on the field, you've played mm-hmm. at a very high level in the National Football League. Obviously, what does it feel like to be Rayshon Jenkins week to week right now? He just seems to be on fire here in the last month of the season. Well, I mean, you get into one of those rhythms, and that's what you want to do. They always say championships. Championship teams really produce and come to play in December, late in the season, the final quarter of the season. And, and that's what he's doing. As an individual player, uh, you just want to be able to go out there and you just want to shine. You want to do anything and everything you can to make sure that your performance helps you in the long run. And the fact that this team, this defense, did not have a lot of veterans, uh, Rayshon Jenkins stepping up and making some veteran plays like he's doing leading his team in tackles, uh, you know, in, in the tackles and stuff like that, and the interceptions and pass defense and just really just leading his team overall I mean him and Lua Khan and all the other guys I mean everybody's stepping up uh you know to play you know championship ball and that's why they're in this position right now because they never gave up uh it's a credit to them you know their perseverance their strength their their teamwork their desire they never gave up when they went when they started out two and six and that's credit to, to coach that's a credit to all the players did Rayshon Jenkins just have the best month of any defensive player I in think Jaguars he did history? man he might have. I yeah. mean, you think about it. You go back yeah. to the last four games, the Dallas game, we were debating was that the best defensive performance in team history, right? He had like 18 tackles and two interceptions, including the, the walk-off pick six yeah. in that game. Uh, against the Jets, he tied for the team lead in tackles that day. More quiet game against the Texans, but it wasn't it was that kind of game. game yeah, right. It was just kind of a yeah. business-like methodical game. And then – you know, despite the fact that, oh, by the way, congratulations, Josh Allen being named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, when I ran a little quick poll after the game, people pick Rayshon as mm-hmm. the player of the game over Josh Allen. Obviously, you know, the uh, the sack strip mm-hmm. right there uh, of Joshua Dobbs set up Josh Allen to run that one into the end zone. That's a pretty damn good four-week run, Double D. Oh, no. it de- Listen, it definitely is, man. As a player, to go out there and make those plays. I mean, before every game, you always sit down and you kind of write out your goals. How do you want to make an impact into the game? Whether it's how many tackles you want to have, which meaning you're around the ball, you're hustling, you're doing the extra things, any pass defense, any turnovers. And as you go into a game like that, I mean, it's you know that all you want to do is make your play. I mean, as we say, that there's about 65 to 70 plays a game. And it always comes down to about three to five plays. Three to five plays that you'll be able to make 
in that game that would change the difference of the game. And when you look at Rayshon Jenkins, he's been making those plays. Those three plays have been turnovers. They've been key tackles for losses or sacks or whatever it may have been. And so, again, it's a credit to those guys, man. I'm, I'm proud of them, man. Look, look, just watching them, man, you can see that they're gelling together no matter what coverage they're in, no matter what defense. They're, they're finding a way to make things happen and get teams off the field. Well, it was around the trade deadline, right, that there was all that talk swirling around Josh Allen specifically that they ought to be moving him. A lot of fans felt that way. They ought to move him, move on from this guy. Hadn't lived up to the uh, potential, right, the hype mm-hmm. with him coming in. And the other name that was mentioned a lot as far as being on the hot seat was the defensive coordinator, Mike Caldwell, mm-hmm. right? Like he's not getting the job done. What has happened? Where were, Where's the defense that we saw for the first month of the season? Well, it's shown back up mm-hmm. in the crucible here at the end of the year, Donovan. How do you even explain the kind of resurgent defense on that side of the ball going back to getting those turnovers. They're getting after the quarterback maybe better than they have all year right now, and the leader of that has been Josh Allen here in the last three Yeah, weeks. I mean, most definitely. I mean, you, you expect you expect this from guys who were drafted very high, especially who had a couple years in the game because they understand what's, what they need to do and uh, they understand tendencies and everything. And so I always say I've never seen a coach make a play, you know, so the players have to make the plays, but the coach can put you in the right position. And what they've been able to do over the last month is they've been able to get the calls that Coach Mike Caldwell has been calling, but they've been able to execute it. They've been able to come together. I mean, earlier when they was losing all those games – it wasn't that the calls were bad. It was just their execution was bad. You had guys running free, wide open in the secondary. You had guys running the ball. You know, re- you know the rushing yards was, was very high. It was against Eagles over almost like 100 or 200 yards rushing. And so I think in these la- this last month, they've come, o- they've come together to, make, to hold the teams to a minimum points, you know, under 20, under 17 points. And they've also been able to kind of shut down teams and get off the, get off the, 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 the field on third down. I mean, that's one of the biggest things. Create turnovers and get off the field on third down. And that's what they've been doing, not because the coaches made the play, but because the players have come together and found a way to do it. You know, granted, look, all you can do is play against the people that line up opposed to you. But I still look at these offenses that they faced the last three weeks and – Sure. Not not exactly a who's who of quarterbacks with uh, Zach Wilson starting for, who knows, maybe the last time for the Jets and then Davis Mills and, of course, Joshua Dobbs who had been there for like two and a half weeks starting for Tennessee. The last time they played a fully functioning offense, it was 40-34 to 34 winning mm-hmm. in walk-off fashion. So, look, I'll take the Ws. Don't get me wrong. I just think despite the fact that the Jags held the Chargers to 10 points earlier this season, this is a different – animal that we're dealing with this week uh when Los Angeles comes in. Look, I'll take any kind of win. I'll take mm-hmm. it three to two, right? We'll take mm-hmm. it forty nine, forty eight, whatever the case may be. I don't care. Survive in advance at this time of year and uh, keep your key players healthy. Uh yesterday somebody got in touch with Taylor Dahl, wanted to remain anonymous and uh we appreciate them uh offering these up. Uh somebody offered up a pair of tickets to this game this weekend and uh, asked Taylor to ask us here at Jaguars today, would we like to be the show that gave them away? Well, of course we would, you know. So we've got a pair of tickets. Uh, they're upper deckers, but they get you in the door and get you to be part of that communal experience for a home playoff game, which is pretty rare still here in franchise history, only the fifth home playoff game. Jags trying to run their home playoff record of 4-1 and one on Saturday night. So here's the question. How can you get those tickets? And look, if you miss the explanation, I'm going to say it once or twice more throughout the course of the show. If you tweet at me, hey, can you repeat that? No, you can go back and listen. All right? I, I Honestly, we just have a limited amount of time. So what we're doing is a slight tweak on last week. 
you got to email me at MikeD at 1010XL.com. Put tickets in the subject line. That's the only thing I want in the subject line, just like last week. But last week we asked you 30 words on why you think you deserve those tickets. This time I'm going to ask you, who are you bringing to the game and why do you think they deserve to go to the game in 30 words or less? Now, also like last week, we're going to give you a couple of bonus words that are going to increase your chances significantly if you include them in your entry. So you might want to wait until you hear what those words are and uh, you can go over the 30-word limit to include those. You know, your greeting, your signature, none of that counts. The 30 words that you're making your case for whoever you plan to bring to the game, why they deserve to go this Saturday, and you can bump it to 32 as we unveil those other two words that you can add a little bit later on in the program. So, yes, are we trying to get you to listen to the entire show? That's kind of the point of it, right? We want these tickets to be for Jaguar fans only and for um, – Listeners, particularly of Jaguars today, that's kind of how the the whole thing works. Uh, you can include photos, accompaniment if you want to, but it's not required uh, when you submit your entry. So, thirty words or less. But I would encourage you to wait before you submit that entry and uh, listen for the other bonus words that you can include. And we'll give those out throughout the course of the show today. I think that was pretty self-explanatory. If not, ET is going to post this show probably within an hour of us going off the air at noon, and you can go back and listen then. And uh, I'm not going to determine a winner until much later on today, so anybody who does listen to this program on uh, on demand, you're going to have an equal opportunity to win. All right, Donovan Darius is here with us. He's going to stick around for another segment or so. And uh, we've got a Jaguars today question of the day out there. Of course, with Josh Allen winning Defensive Player of the Week in the AFC, this came to mind. For this week, other than Trevor Lawrence, who every week we'd want him to perform uh, at peak performance, which Jaguar would you most like to see a player of the week type performance from to give the Jags the best chance to beat the Chargers? In other words, which one player do you say, that guy, if he goes off, that gives us the best chance to win this weekend? Who is that individual other than Trevor Lawrence who's usually going to top that list? You can hit us up on Twitter, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL, Fat Tony, at Donovan Darius, and at IME2, the T. Come on, somebody. Come on, E. How are you, E? I'm big chilling, big chilling. Middle of the week, you saving some energy back, or what's the story? No, I ain't never saving no energy. I I can't go with it, so I'm getting it all out. All right. You can't take it with you? Can't take it with me. At the end of the the lifetime? At the end of the cycle. (laughs) All right. Um, Are we doing uh, Come On Somebody for the pregame this week? And you know this. Two zero seven seven zero seven one man and uh, call ET and uh, you know just let it off your chest and uh, be hype, be excited, talk about what you expect this weekend, what you think about where the Jags stand as AFC South champions. Two zero seven seven zero seven one on that for us six four one ten ten on the phone lines or the text line or any of those Twitter handles that we just gave out. You're listening to Jaguars today on ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM. No, it's good to see. It's good to see him play. You know his best football this time of the year. You know, great players do that, and um, we just got to keep keep him coming that way. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. That's Doug Peterson on Josh Allen stepping up at the right time. Tony, explain to me how how can Josh Allen not get credited for a sack 
when he forced a fumble in the pocket on Joshua Dobbs. I think what happened on the play, and I'm watching Twitter have the discussion about this too, I think what happened on the play was that's the one where Dobbs regathered the ball. Correct. And then they gave the half sack to Peters, and I forget who else. I they, think they split a sack. Gotsis got Gatsis, half of it. right. Like, but, I don't know how, you know, the scoring on all that would work. Usually you do get the sack for forcing the fumble on the play. I don't know how you don't, but someone else – Got a full sack on the play, too, split right. between well, two guys. Why couldn't it be two sacks? Uh, honestly, Josh Allen sacks Joshua Dobbs, forces you. a fumble. When he's in the pocket as a passer and you force a fumble on him, it's not a tackle for loss. It's a sack. I mean, you get a tackle for loss when you get a sack. Sure. But he should have a sack now. Stack corrections usually come out Thursday morning. I'm yeah. really curious to see what happens with this because he forced the fumble and Dobbs, they credit him with a tackle for loss, mm-hmm. forced fumble, Dobbs recovers his own fumble and then gets sacked. Yeah. To me, he got sacked, forced the fumble, recovered it, got sacked again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the play is still live. You know, I, I don't, I, I honestly feel like he's getting cheated out of that. Not that it's the most important thing. He's still got... Defensive player of the week honors. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you look back at that stat line, uh, you know, you go back in history, you're like, wow, that was defensive player of the week, I guess, just based on the touchdown. Well, the touchdown was huge, but that was a another huge play. Either way, uh, what are you seeing from Josh Allen right now? You know what I mean? Right, right now, like early in the season, I didn't feel like Josh Allen was really making the big plays that uh, that people thought he should. But, you know, over this last month, he's definitely been, you know, disruptive in a run game. You know, as far as from a pass standpoint, he's been kind of being a little disruptive there, getting sacks. I mean, being the right position, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the for the, for the fumble, for the touchdown. And so I, I think right now he's actually coming into his own a little bit, which is something that people thought he should do earlier. And so for for him, I'm I'm, I'm happy for. Him. I'm glad that he's able to lead the team because they need that. I mean, even Tra- uh, Trayvon Walker needs to see a veteran, a guy on the other side creating havoc, so it actually helps him out as well. I thought Trayvon had a good game this week. Double D, he was, you know active around creating some havoc forced uh Henry back inside on a few plays a lot of his teammates to make the plays all that's good you know uh, um how do you feel he's playing at the moment um I think right now he's not really playing outstanding I mean he's playing he's playing normal and kind of kind of average I mean, solid he's, yeah he's playing he's playing solid I mean he's not he's not giving up a lot of big plays doesn't look like he's not making those uh, bad plays like he had in the beginning of the season with all the uh, turn, uh, you know, with all the penalties, and so he's just being, he's just playing solid right now. And I think, you know, the playoffs. This is a great opportunity for him to show why he was drafted first in the NFL draft to be able to make a play, maybe a strip, a fumble, a sack, a turnover, something to really, you know, turn the game around. So I think for him, man, he could be licking his chops and saying, "Hey, this is the time for him to really shine." What about, you know, we've discussed Trevor Lawrence's performance in this game, you know, over the last couple of days, uh, Double D, but he is, look, he missed the touchdown, obviously, the one. He missed a couple other throws. Now, he had the the drive with the touchdown pass to Christian Kirk to cap mm-hmm. it off. He had four throws on that drive. They were like, what? Um, just back to back to back to back. Uh, and... We we saw runs through the season where Trevor was playing with that kind of thing, right? Where you'd see the glimpses of the, there it is, mm-hmm. right? And you'd see it for a drive. You maybe saw it for a few drives in this game on, on Saturday. Does that create any nerves for you about how Trevor Lawrence, how do you expect him to perform when they are actually in the playoffs on Saturday night against the Chargers? I think actually, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you, you really don't know. Um, you really don't know which which Trevor is going to show up. You know, this weekend, I mean, you're, we're hoping 
that the Trevor of the last, you know, the last month, someone that's been putting plays together, not having a lot of inter- not having a lot of turnovers, interceptions, definitely cutting the fumbles down. But I think that the way that he's wired, and as you hear in his interviews, and you see him when he is clicking on all cylinders, you know, he's a guy that can actually take a, take them into the playoffs. I mean. His, his completion percentage and the way that he gets the ball out of his hands really quick on those short plays, whether it's to the flat or over the, over, the, over the ball, I mean, those things continue to keep the drives alive. And so I think that if he can go out and he can get a rhythm and uh, he can continue to move the ball, like you said, make those plays that he missed last week. That was a wide-open touchdown. If he makes that play, you know, and some of the other plays that he missed during the, other, during the early in the season, man, then we would average over about 20, 25 points a game. And so I'm just hoping that this week right here, he looks at what he did last week, he corrects those issues, and he comes out and he just clicks on all cylinders. I do believe he needs to start fast for him to be confident, you know, to carry him all the way throughout the game. They had just played Tennessee, you know, like a month ago, roughly, uh, before they played this week. Uh, it's going back uh, into the early, early part of the season. The Jags in week three handle the Chargers. When you haven't played a team that long, things can change over the course of the season. So what can the Jaguars take away from that performance other than feeling good about when they see that uniform across mm-hmm. them knowing that they've handled their business? No, I think every – you know, when you get into the playoffs – you definitely have to take every game just in and of itself. I mean, you can't necessarily look at just your performance of the last game because what teams want to do, especially when you play them twice, twice a year like you do with the teams in your division, is they're going to try to change up some things. They're going to make things look like they did the, time, the, the first time you played them, but then they're going to try to do something different, hoping that you didn't study long enough or hoping that you were lazy in your scouting or in your practice or in your studying so that way you expect and anticipate certain things and then they try to capitalize on it. So I think the victory that they had over them, I think that you got to kind of wash that away and just say that, hey, this is a one-game season right now and you got to study just as hard as you would and evaluate these guys and prepare um, as if you never played them at all. Donovan, when you got drafted here, you were joining an organization that had made the playoffs in 96 and 97. They took you in the first round. So it was a playoff-tested roster, mm-hmm. right, By when you were joining it. But can you remember what that was like in 98 as you were getting ready to play your first NFL playoff game? Almost oh, definitely. I remember it because uh, I had got hurt later in that season, um, and I missed two games, actually. I had a hip injury. Um, and so the first our first playoff game was a wild card against the uh, New England Patriots. And so – Again, for me, it was all new. I mean, I've seen it on TV, but there's nothing like actually being out there. I mean, the the crowd was still, you know, it was still a full stadium, but it was even louder. Uh, the, everything around the game was just, you can just tell, it was in the air. It was something, something big was happening, and you just knew that uh, this game had a lot of magnitude to it. And so for us to be able to make the playoffs, especially in my first year, you know, coming out, it was, it was great, man. It was awesome. It was, it was a, something I'll never forget, uh, especially after we got that win and then we went on to play the Jets. Now, you then, when you came in, you had a coach who had been to the playoffs, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, you know, basically knew with the franchise mm-hmm. to the National Football League and Tom Coughlin, Doug Peterson came here with a Lombardi trophy on his right. resume. So when you go into the postseason now, knowing that wasn't the only time he led Philadelphia mm-hmm. to some playoff success, how important is that, particularly with a young team, to know that – I mean, obviously they're following what he's saying because right. he's gotten them to this point, but – um, particularly in the postseason out to know you've got a head guy that's been there, done that at this time of year. No, I think I think it makes a huge difference because, you know, your head coach is a leader of your organization. He's the one that sets the vision and everyone 
you know, follows it. And he's the one that makes those key crucial plays, whether it's, uh, whether it's a depth chart or plays that they're going to make and, and everything. And so the fact that he's won a championship, the fact that he's, he's won a Lombardi Trophy in the Super Bowl, they can look at him as someone who already been battle-tested, someone who knows. So his words can have a lot more weight than someone who is just in it for the first time. I mean, I haven't done the numbers. I don't even know. But I don't know how many guys on our team have had playoff experience. And for all the guys that haven't and larger percentage that haven't, it's going to be important that you have people who have, you know, so that they can come and set the mode uh, as you prepare for this week and calm your nerves down so you can go out there and just play as if it's another game. It does feel like the the whole city is kind of taking a deep breath this week, right? Mm-hmm. After the way the season ended, it's the Titans that were coming into your building. I mean, it was two weeks of hype leading up to that game, and the stadium exploded on Saturday night, but it does feel like the city is trying to catch its breath still mm-hmm. uh, from how exciting that was. Does that worry you at all with a young team that doesn't have that kind of experience that they have to refine it, right? The energy you had to expend to get here Mm -hmm. over the course of the last six weeks, and now you have to recapture that and get ready for a playoff run on top of it. No, I don't think it really – I don't think it hurts you um, from that standpoint. I think with a young team, um, what you expect from young teams is you expect energy. And right now they're playing with a great energy. And so – what they got to put on top of that energy is execution. Mm-hmm. And so if they bring the energy, I'm sure that they're going to bring the energy that's needed to go out there and try to win. Now what's most important is that they come out with the execution, the execution of the very basic, simple things that you need, whether it's running the ball, passing the ball, tackling, blocking, kicking, whatever that is. If they can come out and they can execute at a high level as they have in this last sec- in the second half of the season, I think that we can come definitely come away with a victory you know, and go into another playoffs. So who is that uh, kind of X-factor player for you that uh, if you could pick one guy other than Trevor to have that player of the week type performance to give the Jags the best chance this week, who are you picking? Well, I'm picking Jamal Agnew uh, because, again, uh, special teams are special for a reason. And a lot of times when a special team player you know has, has big plays, I mean, they can change the game around. You think about a punt return. I mean, nobody expects, you know, a guy to catch the ball and run it back for a long, you know, to create a short field for now. Now you're in a position for a field goal or you're in a position, you know, to score a touchdown um, or a kickoff return. I mean, you see what happened again in the Buffalo Bills game, you know, last, last week, you know, against the Patriots. I mean, two kickoff returns, you know, for touchdowns. I mean, so when he, when he can get going as he has been, he's been having at least a long uh, return on punt or re- or kickoff return these last few games. And if he can do that, man, I really think that he can really change and switch the field and create a great opportunity for the Jaguars to really win. Yeah, it could be an X factor offensively oh, yeah. as well uh, a little bit. And I like, I'll tell you, I like him on offense. He's a, he's a, he's a, he is a great route, route runner, you know, and he just brings that energy, but he also executes and he's not afraid, you know, either to contact, he's not afraid of the spotlight. Um, but I think that he's a great, you know, X factor, not only on special teams, but on offense as well. And one of the fastest guys on the roster, uh, to be sure, uh, double D, uh, how do you see it going on oh, Saturday man, listen, night? Listen, listen, bro. I'm, I'm a Jaguar all the way, man. Like I said, no, no matter what it looks like, I'm always going to believe that the Jaguars can win. And now it's just all about them going out there and doing it, man. So, yeah. Jaguars, let's go. Jaguars win. Duval. Duval. <laughs> All right. Donovan, Darius, uh, you know what? Uh, you're welcome to hang around a little bit. We're going to hear from uh, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence coming up in the next segment. John Osier in the next hour. Double D calling for a Jaguar victory. Let's do this again. Let's have another victory Wednesday let's, let's, next let's week. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's see. Let's see. 26 26-17. 26 17. 26-17. All right. Hey, you know what? I think, uh, I think the Chargers are going to get – I think it's going to be a higher scoring – 
uh, type shootout game. But again, I don't care. You know, twenty six seventeen, seven to six, whatever, man. As long as the Jags come out on top, Double D. Always great to see you, man. And let's hope this uh, positivity here in the city of Jacksonville go, gets to ride the wave another week. Let's go. All right, uh, we'll come back with uh, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, both speaking yesterday in anticipation of the Jags hosting an opening round playoff game at TIAA Bank Field, and we'll reset how you can apply at least to try to win those tickets to that game coming up this weekend. With Tony Smith and E.T., I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's about four months ago, uh, three months ago. So, you know, they're different. We're different. Um, it's postseason football. You know, everything matters. And uh, we just got to prepare and, and get ready for, for a good game uh, Saturday night. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. E.T., who are you talking to right there, Tony? Because I know what's up, right? You know I know what's up, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. I was talking to Tony. What you, you told Tony it's your boy Boosie it's right a, here. I said, hey, Tony, it's your boy Boosie. Boosie right. badass. I thought for a minute you might have thought you were talking to me. I was just like, no. What? What? But, and and I, I know that you know that Boosie announced that he's coming to the game of on Saturday. Of course. Of course. So uh, we're all... Extremely hyped about that, E.T. Come on, Boozy. Come on, Boozy. Down in uh, St. Augustine. That's all we've been talking about for the last uh, 24 hours or so. All right. Uh, <laughs> I got no idea what's going on in any aspect uh, of anything. Uh, what do you take from the first game versus L.A.? Nah, we'll see. Not that much. Uh, yeah. It's gonna. You know what this game is going to be from a national standpoint, Tony? It's going to be two young quarterbacks making their playoff debuts. No doubt. For all the yardage and touchdowns Justin Herbert's thrown for in his first few seasons, First time he's helped the Chargers into the postseason. And, you know, this is kind of the guy I think a lot of us debated, like, with Trevor's coming out, would you, you know, Herbert. Like, you wouldn't have traded that pick for much of anything, right? Mahomes you would have done it for probably, right, at the time because he's Patrick Mahomes. But Mm -hmm. that debate, would would you take Herbert, somewhat of a known commodity? I think a lot of Jaguar fans are like, you know what, we want our own guy, ground floor, and you know, we'll live and die with our guy. And that's fine. And you're going to see them on the field uh, side by side, so to speak. And, and you know, going against different defenses, but it's still going to get talked about as one of the early matchups in their playoff careers. Uh, yeah, and one of the uh, – it's a sign of things to come, right, for the Jacksonville Jaguars as far as primetime television now back-to-back weeks where they've been put on prime time with the game last Saturday night they're going to be on obviously Saturday night against the Chargers and that's a prime slot right like NBC you would think Saturday night Sunday night were the two prime real estate uh positions for the league coming into this weekend with the the wild card weekend Monday night to some degree right but last year's game on Monday night I don't know if you it was a joke the Cardinals just got absolutely stomped yeah um, to open up the playoffs. We'll see if we get a better matchup on Monday night this year. But, yeah, these two young quarterbacks going head-to-head in the playoffs, both of them in their playoff debut, that's uh, – There's yeah. some sex appeal to yeah. it, you know, from a from a NFL-type standpoint. Yeah. You know, you've got a young quarterback with, you know – And the whole conference is full of those. Like, they're going to have that kind of matchup every week next Mahomes year. Mahomes is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. That's – Kind of crazy when you think about it because he ain't old. He's only 27 years old. Uh, Doug Peterson speaking yesterday. Get some thoughts on Trevor Lawrence here from Doug Peterson, and we'll get to some of Trevor's own 
thoughts on this game. Johnny O coming up next hour. Um, does Trevor need to play better in Doug Peterson's eyes? I think the offense needs to have a better game than the other night, quite frankly. Uh, we didn't do enough. I mean, you know, we had opportunities, obviously missed some opportunities in the game that, uh, you know, we need to learn from. But uh, sometimes that's that's the way games go. Tight games like that is going to come down to, a, you know, it's going to be a defensive battle or something of that nature. Special, special teams did a nice job. But I think overall, you know, offensively, um, as a group, um, you know, coaches included need to need to do a little better. Yeah, they do. You know, the offense just didn't quite have it going on Saturday night. You would expect this week against the Chargers that that Chargers offense can ramp that, it up. That's man. the beauty of the playoffs, though. Yeah. You know what? So who cares? You, know, you, yeah. you go back, they squeak by the Buffalo Bills yeah. after 2017, and then they put up a billion points on Pittsburgh. They did. So, yeah, you know, no let's do, go do that again. No doubt. And Coach Peterson was asked yesterday about the quarterback matchup we're going to see on Saturday night, Trevor Lawrence against Justin Herbert, and how those two guys are similar. They're very similar. Um, they're all, they're, you know, I think they're within a couple touchdown passes of each other and, you know, uh, yards and things. I think, I think Justin has a few more yards, you know, um, obviously, but very similar. Both athletic guys, both can run, extend plays, um, good vision, you know, um, obviously, you know, he, he's been, he's been in these moments before, you know, with his team. And so he's got a little experience over, over Trevor that way, but, but, um, yeah, it should be a should be a fun game to to watch both of these guys play. You know, just statistically speaking, I mean, Herbert been had one of the greatest starts to a career of anyone ever. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's fine. I'll take one and zero. Oh. That's the stat we're looking for this week. And look, I want Trevor to be that guy who every year is throwing for forty five hundred, thirty six touchdowns, thirty five touchdowns, whatever. You know, keep the interceptions around ten to twelve. That's fantastic. Uh, but winning obviously trumps all that. And along those lines, Doug Peterson said it is very important for Trevor Lawrence to get some of this playoff experience right now. Well, I mean, you, you want him to have these moments. And, you know, um, that's, that's the winning culture that we're, we're trying to build here and establish. And, and we want to be in the conversation at the end of the season, right, and playing in these meaningful games. And, that, and that's a credit to the quarterback, right? He's, he's your leader of your team and your franchise. And, and these are all games that will continue to prepare and, and sort of you know, uh, teach Trevor just how how important not only how important they are, but you know, in the future when you're when you're talking about these matchups, you know, down the road. Look, it's important for a lot of young players, right? But the quarterback is the focal point no of doubt. your football team. So you know, if nothing else, uh, it, you know, if you could say you could have four Pro Bowlers next year, or you could have your quarterback be an All Pro, I'll take. I'll take the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Because he's going to lift. By the way, he'll probably drag a few guys to the Pro Bowl if it happens that way. Likely, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, we'll hear from Trevor Lawrence momentarily. But first, Tony Smith, take you around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Los Angeles Chargers have designated offensive tackle Rashawn Slater to return from their injured reserve list as he works back from a biceps injury. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley said yesterday that Slater will not play on Saturday against the Jaguars. Also added that wide receiver Mike Williams is day-to-day -day with his back injury. The Arizona Cardinals reportedly will be looking to trade 
wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins this offseason, according to a report from Jordan Schultz. That's the your boy, ain't it, Tony? It's my guy. If he comes to town, then he'll have to unblock me <laughs> so I can see what's going on with DeAndre. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens and linebacker Roquan Smith have agreed to a five-year, $100 million contract with $45 million fully guaranteed. The Ravens traded a second and fifth round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft to the Bears for Smith on Halloween this year. Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles was asked yesterday about the possibility of the Bears drafting a quarterback this year with a team now holding the number one pick in the draft. Poles responded, quote, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class, and I would say this. I would have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision, end quote. It's not a no. It's uh, not a no, right? <laughs> like, if you ask if the Jags somehow had Chicago's pick and they said, would you consider a quarterback? They'd look at you like, uh, no. yeah, I'd consider Trevor Lawrence is our quarterback. Yeah. That's what I'd consider. And Houston wide receiver Brandon Cooks, who didn't appear to be too happy with the Texans when he wasn't traded in the – at the deadline this year, was asked about his future with the team yesterday and said, quote, I'm not going into this offseason thinking I want to be part of a rebuild, end quote, which sounds like a guy who doesn't want to be a part of the Houston Texans. Love it. Man, I just love the dysfunction that's not ours, right? Because we've had plenty of that sure. over the years. By the way, DeAndre Hopkins, what a what a weird situation. All right, you're, you're going to get rid of him. He's got two years left on his deal because you anticipate he wants a new contract. You put all this guaranteed money into uh, Kyler Murray. You got rid of the coach that you hired specifically because he was the guy who coached him in college. Now you're going to move on, it appears, from his number one target uh, in the passing game. Good luck, Kyler. I mean, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, that that I'm yeah. not quite sure what to make of that. DeAndre Hopkins, really good. I don't think there's a chance that he ends up in Jacksonville. Uh, no. You know, the, I saw the radio – whatever show was talking about it and said that they had heard that Jacksonville was at the top of his wish list of Oh, I wouldn't doubt he I, would want to play yeah, with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but we'll look, we're so early in this process. Whatever nuggets you can get, okay. But, sure, look, I think that's fantastic, by yeah. the way, if that's true, right? Yeah. That Because that tells you this can become a destination no organization, right? And he's probably and, hearing good things from Christian Kirk. I imagine he would yeah. be, right? I mean, like, this guy, you got to see to believe. And yet, you know, you're bringing in Calvin Ridley next year. You're already projected way over the cap. And again, I know you can get under the cap, but to, to add sure. another, to add what DeAndre Hopkins is going to be looking for, which is in that more than $25 million a year range, you would suspect after mm -hmm. all the quarterback or the uh, wide receiver contracts given out this year. All right, a few here from uh, the man himself, Trevor Lawrence, before we hit the top of the hour. We'll start with this one. Titans game, great atmosphere, right? I mean, it was uh, stakes, loser goes home, likely, even though it wasn't official at the time the game kicked off. Did that game prepare this team for the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. And I hope it's it's like that this weekend. And that's kind of, you know, what we expect. Our fans did a great job last weekend. But for us, I mean, that was, that was a playoff game last week. I mean, you look at how everything ended up playing out. If we don't win... We didn't win that game. We're not sitting here today. You know, everybody's packing up, going home. So, I mean, that was a playoff game for us. So it's the same mindset this week. It's just official now. It's the first round of the playoffs. But I mean, for us, that was kind of like the first round of the playoffs because we knew we had to win to get in. So, um, I mean, I think that helps us kind of prepare for this week and the sense of urgency and, you know, the whatever you want to call it, the hype around the game, all that, especially now that there's only there's less than half the teams playing this weekend because the, the field just got whittled down.
It certainly is different now. The playoffs can change a lot of things. We'll see how this team responds to the playoff pressure for the first time. The Chargers have to be asking themselves the same thing. The first time around, it was all Jaguars in that matchup between these two. And Trevor Lawrence said yesterday that they're a different team than they were in week three. They're different. They do they do things. Everyone makes adjustments as the season goes on, as personnel changes, as you play different guys, whatever it may be. You figure out things that might work better for you. So they, the, things have changed. I mean, you look at it, and I wouldn't say you don't use it because you do. You just look at what you did and, and the plan and how they played certain things to, you know, whatever formations and all that. You, you use that as part of your study, but you understand that this is a different team in week three than uh, in, in week 18 than it was in week three. And the same for us. You know, things change as the year, especially those the, those many weeks apart. All right, we always ask um, others about Trevor Lawrence, including Doug Peterson. You know, what's your quarterback up to? How's he playing? How's uh, his development? Is he where you want him to be? Uh, so Trevor Lawrence got asked yesterday, what makes Doug Peterson a great play caller? Uh, I just think his, his mindset, you know, obviously the game plan that we have throughout the week is, is really good, you know, just the way we sync everything up. But then just his aggressive nature, and he kind of always – keeps that in the front of his mind of, you know, when when to take shots and when to when to not too. I think he has a really good discretion on those on those things. And um yeah, I think that's one of the things he does really well is calling things at the right time. And that's that's a huge part of the game, obviously. So it can be a great play, but if you call it the wrong time, wrong coverage, wrong part of the field, you know, you can kinda waste it. And I think he does a really good job with that. Uh so I mean that's one thing. And then just mixing it up. You know, we have a lot of different things in our in our arsenal that we can do and I think we kind of have been able to keep defenses on their heels with all the different looks we can present. And along those lines, Trevor was asked if Coach Peterson calls plays from time to time that Trevor hadn't thought of. There's been a few times like that. You, you, you know, he calls it, and I kind of look where we're at. I'm like looking out of the huddle at the yard line. Like, oh, I don't know if we got space for this, and then it, it works. So, you know, it's like glad he called it. You know, that's why he's the one. He's the one calling the plays. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want people to go back and find the exact plays. But there's been times, you know, where we've taken shots, and we, you know, we might be kind of tight on the field as far as like running out of room. And then, you know, he has one dialed up. Um, you know, I think Christians was a pretty good example of that in the game on Saturday. You know, that the the touchdown we had, calling the play, and first when you hear it, you're like, might be a little tight for that. And then, it, I mean, it worked great. Christian got open, and uh, it, it was awesome. So there's things like that where. You know, he just does a great job. All right, so uh, maybe some more from Trevor Lawrence coming up in hour number two. John Osier is going to be along as well. All right, here you go. Uh, once more, resetting how you can try to win a pair of tickets to go see the Jags take on the Chargers, host the Chargers this weekend at TIAA Bank Field. Again, these tickets were donated uh, to us by a gentleman who uh, prefers to remain anonymous, so we thank him for the opportunity to give these to you. You have to email Mike D at 1010XL. Dot com and use the word tickets in the subject line. That's the only word in the subject line. And in 30 words or less, tell us who you plan to bring to the game and why they deserve to be able to go. And one of the bonus words that'll put you up to 31 uh, is unplug. Unplug. If you uh, put the word unplug in, you can boost your total up to 31, and it will help you if you use uh, this and the word will give you an hour number two uh, when I'm sorting through uh, some of these decisions. I'll tell you, the easiest decision is the one when people write, I know you said 30 words or less, but 
I'm going to go way over. Uh, and that's great. I appreciate your enthusiasm, and you have zero chance to win under those circumstances. Just letting you know, um, we got to have something that eliminates uh, at least half the field. That's usually a pretty good one right there. All right, uh, so we'll go into hour number two. We'll take a look at some of the questions coming in on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Jaguar senior writer John Osier joins the conversation as well. If you want to get in, 641-1010 on the phone lines or on that text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or hit us up on Twitter. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, O does know a lot of stuff about the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Hello, Johnny O. How are you? It's been a long time since fantasy season. Uh, like a like few days? Well, for me, it feels like a long time because I've been out of it for a long time. <laughs> you know, a few weeks for Johnny O. You know, yeah. The playoffs are multi-week affairs. So, so is this yeah, a good year for you? Is that. this a good Mike Dempsey fantasy year? Uh, it was good. It wasn't great. Like, last year was great. Like, last year I won seven out of 17 leagues. That's I, that nuts. Arguably the best year I've ever had. One yeah. year I won five out of seven, which is pretty damn good, too. You know, so those are probably my two best years. you play years. like 100 leagues, right? No, no, no. Or, I play – well, I play – like leagues where you actually have to set a lineup and you play an opponent every yeah, those week head are the to ones head. That you feel like those okay, are the ones that are like right. The rest of them, I Tony and I play a bunch of leagues. They're called best ball leagues where you draft a team and then it's done. I got you. And I did really well in those two. So if you count okay. those, right. <laughs> then I probably won twenty leagues. Then you know what this you do? Year. You count those. Well, I mean, but they're different no, style. Like, people you. don't think of those as, like, every week you have to manage your team and all that right. stuff. So, those aren't um, the ones you talk about amongst your friends. No, the, the right. Jaguars Today Leagues, as a matter of fact, uh, we had three different winners. One of them was Tony. One of them was E.T. And uh, one of them was – there's two Brandon. Let me check which Brandon uh, for the record here. E.T. almost ran him down as well. Um because uh, he needed like 12 and a half out of Dawson Knox. Brandon Morin, Morin, however you say it. There were a couple of Brandons we had that were in uh, the championship game. So E.T. Uh, won one of them. Tony Smith won one of them. And Brandon Morin won the other one. And uh, everyone, we just decided everyone who made it to the championship game will get the invite back next year because it was, you know, just a unsatisfying way that the season ended. We counted week 18 points for the Bills right. and, and Bengals, but this way – you know, there's no hard feelings about anything. We don't play for money. We play for bragging yeah, rights. That had a huge, like, all over fantasy everywhere, the Bengals. It's the biggest thing, game right? of the week, Yeah. right? I mean, right. you got Josh Allen, you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, right. Stephon Diggs. I mean, superstars yeah. all across the board. And for championships, right? That was championship that week? Was that was the final something? game of championship week. Wow. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, obviously – yeah, nobody, not the most important storyline sure. coming out, but I think we're far enough away now that we can start. Like life's going back to normal for Demar Hamlet, which yeah. is fantastic, right? They're talking about him going home yeah, in the next right. few days, yeah. Yeah. which is great. So let's hope that's the case. Do you hear about the uh, young lady Titans uh, fan, uh, young mother who suffered a cardiac arrest in the stands at the Jags game? I did not. This weekend. No, yeah, no. that's that's been going around. I saw that tweeted out. There's a GoFundMe out there for her. I retweeted that on, uh, I think it was okay. Monday night. Um, so you can go into my timeline, at MD underscore 1010XL. You don't have to go back that far. I don't tweet 50 times a day. Uh, there, I retweeted, uh, somebody's got a GoFundMe out there okay. for her. You know, just terrible, terrible. I mean, Absolutely. young young lady. Wow. 
suffered cardiac arrest. They, you know, but the CPR saved her, and and uh, but you know, she faces a long uphill recovery. Right. And so we hope the best for her. And this, I think, it's great because uh, I think this got started by some Jaguar fans. She is a Titans fan. All that is secondary. Obviously, yeah, doesn't matter. So just you know, there it is a bitter rivalry, but uh, you know, there there's human bounds to even beings, that. Right. So. Um, so what about it, Johnny? Oh, I know you have not been here for every Jaguar home game. You spent time covering the Colts in the middle sure. of your career, but uh, in your experience covering the Jaguars, it, was that an incomparable crowd, or or what oh, may crowd? have topped it? Um, the experience, the atmosphere. Yeah, it, it's hard to remember crowds from the '90s. Um, there were certainly unbelievable crowds. I mean, it, it's. Uh, Certainly since I've been back, that crowd, uh, it's hard winning the press box, frankly, because you don't feel the noise quite like you do in the stands because mm-hmm. if people don't know, the press box in Jacksonville is very soundproof. I mean, it's not all stadiums are like right. that, but you right. really can't hear anything. Uh, but my impression from people talking who were out there, uh, probably only only comparable since – I got back in 2011, so only comparable – to Seattle in 17 and New England in 18. But my impression was that this trumped those by a long shot. Um, so uh, as far as crowds in the 90s, I, I, I think there are a lot of them that was a different era. Yeah, it, I do too. But yeah. still, I, I man, 96, second half of the season was insane. Yeah. I, just insane. Every week was crazy. Uh, but Fred Taylor – uh, told us on the post game that uh, this was the loudest he had ever heard it, including his playing days. So he goes back through yeah. the '98 season, and I go back to I think there's an element of, um, in the '90s, you know, I covered those teams. I love the guys who played, uh, loved the experience of covering that. But there was an element of the '90s of not, I'm not sure the fans who experienced '96, '97, '98. I don't know that they knew how hard it was to get that for a team because mm-hmm. they'd had 95, but that was their one year of heartache. The fans of this team now have been through it, man. I mean, so I think they do realize how hard it is, how special it is. And in a way, these fans these fans have earned that moment. And so, so I think there's an element of that of, okay, this is special. This belongs to us in a way. Uh, that that I think brings the energy up a little bit. I'm, I'm probably not explaining that that well, but that's sure. what it feels like. And just trying to get perspective on it, right? Because you spent those years up in Indianapolis, and they were rolling pretty good once Peyton Manning got to town. Sure, obviously there with the Colts. How does the atmosphere for this Jaguars team right now compare to the atmospheres you saw when the Colts got it rolling with Peyton Manning? Well, I only remember uh, Peyton was drafted in '98. They got good in '99, 2000. I got there in 2001, and they sunk back. Uh, 2002, they made the wild card, and then they went on the run. Nine, uh, 2003 to 2010, they're in the playoffs every year. But there was never a feeling with the Colts of sort of this unexpected, uh, out-of-nowhere feel because there was always an expectation with Peyton. They had been good the year before I got there, and they sunk. So – there was a level of it – w- it was thrilling for those fans, 
but it was almost expected. The best atmosphere up there that I ever covered was the 06 championship game when they came back on New England. That was insane. Um, but there was never this feeling of, you know, I, I think Colts fans had suffered, but maybe I'm biased, but these Jaguars fans, there's a level of passion for this team that uh, had the Colts been through what this fan base has been through for 10 years, I think the fan base would have dwindled, you know, and, and been very, I'd say non-supportive, but it'd been different. This fan base through what they've been dealing with is passionate, hardcore. So I think there's a different, I just think this, because of what this fan base has been through and because of the nature of this fan base, this is an unbelievable thing. Yeah, looking at, I mean, the Colts had had an AFC championship game appearance not yeah. that many years before. Yeah, that was a little similar to the 17 Right, year kind of out of the blue yeah. type situation. Out of situation. the blue, and you knew it, it was the Harbaugh year in 96. And that was way before, or, or 95. That was way before I got there. But the Harbaugh, there was some energy with Harbaugh when he was there, maybe similar to the energy of this defense. But they had, in they had, uh, they were they, bad for They him. were 8 and 8 in 94, 9 and 7 in 95, uh lost in the conference championship game to yeah. Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that was Went 9 and 7 in, in 96 and made the playoffs. Yeah, they and, were the 6th seed to the Jaguars' 5th seed that year. And so they lost in the wild card round and then they had back-to-back -back, uh well they had the 3 and 13 season got Peyton and then they went 3 and 13 with him. So it wasn't like they I don't feel like they were quite as uh but down as the Jags had but been. But before that, 95, they were bad for a long time. They had the Entman draft. Yeah, they had, I don't know. You know. If you go back, they like. Dipped, they dipped. If you go back 10 years, right, to like 87, 9 and 6, 9 and 7, 8 and 8, 7 and 9, they had the 1 and 15. They were horrible. Bounced back to 9 and 7 and 92. Yeah, that's true. You know, four and two. So they, they were more around, they're more like a 500 team for most of that yeah. time. The Jags sure. were a well under 500 team. Either way, I mean, look, we're. Sure. Doesn't matter who but suffered more. The question, we're happy. I, I, you know, th there was not this. I mean, this five-game run. The only thing I've covered uh, comparable to it in terms of passion, and in terms of unexpectedness, and you know, just the thrill of it was '96. Those All are right. the, that's the comparison for me. Let's take a break. Uh, Johnny O is here. We won't. No more comparing Jags versus Colts. Who has suffered more? We hope they suffer for a long time going Absolutely. forward right now. Uh, but the Jags feeling pretty good, and you should too, Jaguar fans. Uh, the question of the day out there in honor of Josh Allen being named AFC Defensive Player of the Week, other than Trevor Lawrence, which Jaguar would you like to see have a Player of the Week type performance this week to help best ensure a victory over the Chargers? Also, uh, just resetting, uh, if you want to win a pair of tickets to the game, I have one pair to give away this week. Email MikeD at 1010XL.com. Put the word tickets in the subject line. And in 30 words or less, tell me who you're going to bring to the game and why that person deserves to go uh, to the game this weekend. Also, uh, one of the bonus words, unplug. Throw the word unplug in. You can bump it up to 31. We'll have one more bonus word for you coming up a little bit later on. Somebody hit me up on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures and, and asked, uh, does this mean that Illiterate people are not eligible to win. Uh, they are, but uh, I guess they'll have to have somebody else write the email for them, mm -hmm. right? So there's that. Um, so, you know, also, you know, us, it's going to be tough on people who don't have a radio, 
or, or a computer to go back or email. Sure. Right. So, yes, so we're discriminating Wi-Fi, against all kinds of groups out there. Access. I don't know. You might have a hard line. You know, you don't <laughs> necessarily need the Wi-Fi, but you get the idea. Um, Mike D at 1010XL.com is that email. We'll come back. we got more from Trevor Lawrence coming up and plenty more with John Osier from Jaguars.com, including your calls straight ahead. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I'm so special. I'm so special. So special. So special. Well, I'm thinking Jamal Agnew uh, because, again, uh, special teams are special for a reason. And a lot of times when a special team player, you know, has, has big plays, I mean, they can change the game around. You think about a punt return. I mean, nobody expects, you know, a guy to catch the ball and run it back for a long, you know, to create a short field for now. Now you're in a position for a field goal or you're in a position, you know, to score a touchdown um, or a kickoff return. I mean, oh, no. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, Johnny O is in the house. Uh, where are you tailgating this week, John? The house? <laughs> At your house? Tailgating. I'll, I'll get a stadium around four, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll have a sandwich there. There you go. I'll tailgate, That'd too, with a box lunch. Right. At, uh, it was nice. You know, Cap sent us uh, a tweet the other day inviting me and Tony out. E.T.'s probably going to swing by the slab once again. Man, A, uh, y'all better have, like, a rocket pack for me or something <laughs> to get because there's no way I'm walking from there. Uh, I got I don't know what's going on, man. I get this tendonitis in my ankle. I'm walking about um, six inches per step right now, and uh, just I'm not even looking forward to making it into the stadium from Jay parking on Saturday night. <laughs> Never mind uh, making that trip around there. Uh, but I appreciate it. One of these times we'll make it out there. Um, you, yeah. I'm gonna be sitting down in that radio studio by 3 (laughs) o'clock on Saturday, uh, you know, getting ready for the broadcast at 5 p.m. So, uh, again, appreciate it. uh, And everyone going out there, have a great, great time. And apparently uh, pick up after yourselves a little bit better Mm. this time. That's according to the Bold City Brigade themselves. Uh, Yeah, it's an unreal scene. I've been to a couple of of the tailgates. Uh, It's been a while, but I can't imagine how insane it is now when they're actually good. Yeah, yeah E.T. was whatever. out there hyping them up on the mic uh, the other day. and I have to do much hyping. They no, were they were pretty hyped. <laughs> right. They're absolutely pretty hyped. I imagine we're going to get – Good uh, people, though. Good people. Oh, no doubt. Uh, you know, and they're, they're, you know, the generation that grew up as Jaguar fans and uh, trying to pay it forward into the future. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, were nervous during this game. Didn't feel comfortable at all, John. I was like yeah. – I you know, I'm sitting there thinking – this is playing right in the Tennessee Titans' hands. Titans played exactly how they had to play to stay in the game, and it's exactly how they're good at playing, if you follow me. I think uh, outman team, which I think they were, a lot of teams would have tried to play that way. The Titans are comfortable playing that way. They did a great job with it, and uh, you know, I thought the Jaguars found a way to win a game that the Titans wanted to play. Yeah, they, they leaned into their strengths and they didn't try to be who they weren't for the most right. part, right? And which is but that's look, who they are anyway. So it played to their strength, like, like right, said, right? Right. But they're gonna they're gonna be conservative. They're gonna run Derrick Henry. They ran him thirty times, and then they know the Jags are gonna stack the box. Or you're gonna get man coverage on the outside. So we're gonna do all these little bunch formations where it's very difficult to cover the guy that cuts 
behind the other two yeah. and, and right. with that and little And a couple of well-timed trick plays. Yeah. Like, they had two right. weeks they, they to did. really game plan for this game, right? Like, everything for two weeks for the Titans has been about getting ready for a division championship matchup right. against the Jaguars, and that's the way it looked. You know, they had those couple of trick plays. That first one, it was set up. Right, and if Darius Williams isn't riding Traylon Burks basically from the moment he catches that ball, that yeah. play is set up for the Titans. Yeah, it was a heck of a design. I didn't know what they were doing at first. Uh, it, it was obvious, like he was like, "Oh, this is my big moment. This is probably the play they were that they right. were focused on with him more than any other throughout the week." Because they really didn't take any shots to him down the field, right. you know. And uh, you know, he's he just had it in his mind. I gotta, I gotta throw that lateral out to the yeah. sideline. Come hell or high water. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it could have been disastrous for both. Teams. Like when you throw it in that situation, right? If he, if he has time it. and he hits that, and everything clicks, there mm-hmm. it's a big game. It's that's it, coming. It's a beautiful play if they do it. Right, but, but then you is know, is it a fumble if it's a forward lateral? Oh, if 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 it hits the ground, in right? That, like if he throws that across the field, but I it's a absolute, forward pass. I think is that absolutely a fumble? so. Yes, uh, it's okay. got to be. Yeah, J- if Jags recover that, it's their ball. Sure, I got to believe. It's a penalty, but it's still a Jags ball. I mean, it's a penalty with a forward lateral. But right, it's still a Jags ball because it's a lateral. Right, and yeah. you probably just wipe out the penalty. Yeah. It's going to be your if ball. You don't you don't get bailed pass, out for it being in, yeah. a forward type pass right. play. It's not incomplete or anything like that, but. Uh, Hey, um, you know, they felt – look, I don't think that the Chargers are going to necessarily have trick plays, but they're a team that generally goes for it as much, if not more, than anybody oh, on fourth a, down. Yeah, they'll be aggressive. They, uh, uh, There will certainly be a feeling a couple times in a game, if you're an old-school football fan of, okay, the Jaguars got them off the field, and then, oh, they're going for it. Like, I'll, I'll be that. honest with you. Every time the Titans punted, I was like – every time they yeah. ran the punt team, I was like, good. Just right. like I, I they, because they completed so many of those little four and five yard tight passes on those third and, and short to mediums. And I was just like, oh, you're going to punt? Right. Fourth and two, fourth and three, go right ahead. And, and the league, the, the pace of the league has changed on that front. Like you now feel like if a team's going forward on fourth and two, uh, uh, they're probably going to get it. You, you know, Did you think Doug was lining up to go for it on the, the first fourth early. down when they, they ultimately they tried to draw him off sides and punt it? My first thought was he was. Me too. And then as soon as he got to the line, I was like, okay, they're not. Like, Boy, and but if you look at it, there is nobody right. between yeah, Doug talked Shatley about and Fortner. In the presser, I thought it was interesting. I guess there are times, I'm trying to interpret what Doug said, there are times when Trevor goes to the line that if he sees that in that situation, that he has the green light mm-hmm. to make the decision on his own. Uh, there are other times where it's, it's, it's just an absolutely, no matter what you see, we're not taking the chance. Doug didn't say it uh, out and out, but I think that was a time where they had told Trevor, look, this is what you're doing, we period. are not taking right. the chance of getting stopped because of the, how this game is going to be. Because otherwise, I think it's wide open. Yeah, I they mean, thought I think it was going to be a field goal game, so they didn't want a chance uh, field position that early, I think was Doug's thought. I'm sure, yeah. right? But I, I really do think they convert, and who knows? And, uh, it, yeah, yeah. You know, as it went on, and they only get the ball three times in the first half, that's why things get a little bit right. tight in the collar because every single possession, man, every third every play, down, every, right. right now with the with the Chargers, you feel like, all right, you know what, 
is going to be up and down the field, a little bit more I wide think it's open. Be a much different game, and all the people who worry about the Jags offense. Uh, I don't. Th- it, it, Doug likes to talk about every game being different, not being worried about one game to the next. I think this is the this is the prototypical example of that. Uh, we haven't talked about it much today on the show, but Riley Patterson, the kicker for the Jags, did not practice yesterday with that knee mm-hmm. issue. Special teams coordinator Heath Farwell said moments ago, speaking to the media, that Riley Patterson was sore yesterday, but he's going to be a full go today. Said it isn't a concern at all. Good. So good. I mean, look, I mean, James McCourt maybe. Just fine. I don't want to sure. find that out on Saturday night. Not at this point. Right. Let's find it out. <laughs> He's been Riley Patterson's been solid. The special teams overall were outstanding this week. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure they win the game without Logan Cook or, or Jamal Agnew, or Jamal, right. for that matter. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jamal Agnew. Uh, I don't know if they told him to be more aggressive or he, if he took it upon himself. Like this, we're not really just lighting up the scoreboard today. Right. And, you know, he started taking those balls out three, four, five yards deep out of the end zone yeah. to a great effect most of the time. And Logan Cook, I mean, they kept – it felt like the Titans were playing uphill the whole fourth quarter trying to get out of the corner of their own end zone. And it's because Logan Cook was nailing them deep. Well, you think about it, the, the sack force fumble, we mentioned this yesterday, right, that Josh Allen yep. returns yep. for the touchdown, was the ninth play of the drive, yep. and they were on the 35-yard right. line. And that's what – they felt like they had to go the length of the field every time, and, and that put a lot of and pressure grind on it out. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, it felt like that just wore Josh Dobbs down a little bit. A little bit. All right. Uh, back to the phones we go. Will in Riverside is next here on Jaguars today. Hello, Will. What's going on, fellas? What's up? Yo, I just wanted to share my experience with you guys, man. Fourteen year season ticket holder. I missed the game last weekend. Devastation. We planned a trip to New York City for my, my twin seven-year-old. Um, non-refundable tickets. Had to miss the game. But stumbled upon a bar, two, actually two, two stores down from where we were staying. Our hotel room is actually the NYC Bold City Brigade. I guess they, they have a little meetup where they watch the games there. And uh, probably a couple hundred Jags fans packed in that place, man. Totally an insane experience. Couldn't believe it, man. I, I, I stayed there the whole game. Met a bunch of really good people. Just wanted to big up them, man. And uh, and uh, also just just say just say Duval. Duval. So, Will, are you making it to the game this weekend? Is the question. I'll, I'll be there, man. All right. North End Zone, Nez one twenty one. We'll be there. We need you, brother. All right, Will. No glad- excuses this week, Will. Hey, look, I, you know whatever <laughs> works. Not everybody could be in Jacksonville. I've gotten so many. I, I'm sure we all have, right? Uh, emails and tweets this week and on the text line. Hey, I'm coming in from here. I'm coming yeah. in from the Dakotas. I'm coming in for. I mean, all over. The place, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. I did offer up my couch, Aussie Jag, and uh, he's like, "Thanks, mate." And then uh, I haven't heard since, so I don't know if he, he may just show up at my house. He may show up, and like, be like, "Where's that couch?" You know. <laughs> and his timeline is is all messed up, so it might be three in the morning. Shows you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, now that my my son is back in college for his second semester, you can even have the bed, you know, in, in my son's room. So <laughs> don't even have to sleep on the couch, Aussie Jag. But uh, I have not heard, so I'm guessing. We're not going to get a um, halfway around the world appearance. Oh, this CJ weekend. is coming in though for sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't think I don't think he is. He he debated doing it last week for the Titans game, um, and uh, you know we Aussie Jag is his tag on Twitter. Craig Fordham 
Uh, a lot of Jaguar fans know him. Uh, he is, uh, you know, represents us on the yeah. other side of the world, the bottom of the world, yeah. way over there. You know, except for the BCB uh, group in Antarctica. That's about as extreme as you're going to get right now. All right, we'll come back, take a look at the Jaguars today. Question of the day asking you, other than Trevor Lawrence, which player would you most like to see have a game or, or a player of the week, excuse me, type performance for the Jags to help ensure victory over the L.A. Chargers. Also give you the last keyword to use to try and win a pair of tickets to the game this Saturday night. No, I have not forgotten about the Fred Taylor autograph flip card, but not trying to duplicate our giveaway, so we're going to do something with that tomorrow. We think we've come up with a pretty good idea for that as well, so be listening for your chance to score that from this past weekend's game against the Titans. With Tony Smith, John Ogier, and E.T., I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, no's. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, no surprise, Tony, but no Tua for the Miami Dolphins this week, right? Yeah, he's been ruled out. Hadn't been able to clear the concussion protocol, so no Tua this week. Now, we await words still on Lamar Jackson, but I, I can't imagine Lamar Jackson's play and haven't, hasn't hit the practice field in weeks and weeks and weeks, including so far this week, but... I suppose if you practice today and tomorrow, yeah. you know, it's possible. Like, I'm happy to have Sunday off after a Saturday night game. I enjoy that. I think NBC made the wrong call putting Baltimore-Cincinnati on Sunday night football, not having any idea if Lamar Jackson was going to be available for the Ravens. Like, I just – I don't think that game is very interesting at all. No, I'm with you. I'd get, But give me Saturday night. I've gotten to – you I'm know, especially you. having played this past Saturday. Now we flip – it's role reversal on who has the short week – to get ready mm-hmm. and a, a cross country flight on top of that. First time since two thousand. That's the first time since two thousand fourteen that the AFC South game has not been the Saturday afternoon. Yeah. First game. Yeah, a so, lot of people thought it would. I mean, look, I, it's an attractive matchup between yeah. young quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I didn't realize until I looked up the streak last night. I'm sure somebody else had before me, but uh, I thought that was interesting. The, uh, last year, the Titans played uh they were the number one seed so yeah. it it wasn't in play last year but every year it's been in play were since they the early game on the saturday in the yes. divisional round yes okay. <laughs> yeah so uh trevor's prime time yeah i mean seahawks niners look every game's good in the playoffs man. or at least i'm right. gonna watch every game oh, you know not sure. every game will turn out to be good uh i think giants vikings is more compelling than you know i think bills dolphins Bengals, ravens tony like you're alluding to i think those are going to be Get handled the by the higher seed. And Bengals are rolling right. Uh, now, so. that, right. It appears like both of them will roll easily here. I think Giants Vikings is need intriguing. An upset there, though. Uh, be nice. Well, a couple of them would yeah, be great. A couple of them would be great. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, uh, there, there's a path, John. There, there's <laughs> a path asking, playing is there a path to the wild card if we lose uh, against uh, the Tennessee Titans? Yes, there was. All you need okay? is a path. Uh, right now, there's a path to hosting. The entirety of the AFC playoffs right here in Jacksonville. But you're right. It, it does feel like that path is even tougher than the wild card path. Oh, yes. it's a, 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 yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not, Those two like, teams aren't winning on the road. Totally week. counting on, uh, right. I mean, at, at best, you could maybe hope you don't have to go to Kansas City. If there's one upset that yeah. maybe right. you're going to one of the other ones. But They're going all up there. Yeah, I mean, all three of those are tough rotors. I'll say this. Look, they've been to Kansas City at least. 
they've been in that environment, this team, this year, right? I know it'll be different in the playoffs. But and beat Buffalo last year? They did beat right. Buffalo last year. They they almost beat Cincinnati last yeah. year, so much so there was it was such a celebratory close game that some stayed behind to really just revel in it, mm-hmm. you know, from what I remember. Anyhow, um, all right, so. Uh, oh, me, good. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Where's this guy I, been? I missed that one. That yeah. was good. It did you? Oh, let me tell you the story about the head coach. No, I, I, oh, I, got I, I remember you the got, story. Right? You do remember the story, right? You didn't miss the story that entirely. That funny, not really. <laughs> Apparently not that much. Uh, all right, here, final um, time I'll say it today. And don't, please don't call E.T. and go, I didn't listen to the rest of the show, so give me all the details on how I can win this contest no uh, go back and listen on demand on demand yeah. it's on demand at 1010xl.com uh we're by the way if it goes on demand you may hear people curse on the air i don't know <laughs> i know i know this uh et bleeps it out over the airwaves what happens i already cut it out so oh, they did you? It. Oh, well they got it with they're listening to the live stream the first time but on the replay right. maybe not so much but whatever the case all right so uh email mike d at 1010xl.com Put the word tickets in the subject line, uh, not counting the greeting and your signature or whatever, in 30 words or less. Tell me who you'd like to bring to the game with you on Saturday and why that person deserves to go to the game. Uh, We gave you a bonus word that you could include earlier. The second bonus word is electric. Okay, If you use the two bonus words, you can go up to 32 words. Uh, You can include any pictures you want, but uh, you don't have to, and uh, I won't pick a winner until probably tonight sometime mm-hmm. so uh you know if you are listening on demand uh just know that uh unless it is tonight <laughs> wednesday you may have missed the deadline but if you're listening in the afternoon you still got a shot do you give bonus points mentally for using the keywords of course okay yeah right. good. Like we're, we're trying to encourage you to listen to the program making okay. sure that that you're you're doing that so yeah i'm gonna Can say somebody I'm win gonna, without using the they'd keywords. have to blow me away okay i got you. i mean they could like they could they don't okay. have to include them i'm gonna say uh it's gonna lessen your chances dramatically okay. if you don't all, right. it, all it is is a, a you're case the commissioner of, of this league i i just want people to follow the rules <laughs> to the freaking contest man you know it's got a guy on the text line he goes i thought you said 30 characters the word characters and the word word don't sound at all alike, but you know, 30 mm-hmm. characters would fit under the 30-word threshold, so it that's would. fine, yeah. too. All right, so there, take it care of. That's all I'm going to say about it today. Somebody will win some tickets. The rest of you will be very angry with me that I didn't give them to you because uh, that's how these contests go. Tomorrow, uh, the Freddie T. autograph flip card from mm-hmm. the Jags-Titans game. That'll be a completely different contest. E.T., why don't you fire up the 10-10 take, sir? 10-10-10. take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. All right, let's go around the table and give our uh, response to today's question of the day here. And the question of the day asks, other than Trevor Lawrence, which Jaguar would you most like to see a player of the week type performance from to give the Jags the best chance to beat the Chargers? In other words, which guy would you say, man, if we're going to beat him, he's got to have his A game this week. I, I'm, I'm going to cheat because I want to give one on each side of the ball. Uh, discounting special teams, plenty of people have mentioned. Agnew uh, today, uh, I think Travis Etienne, uh, this is a team you can run on. right? Travis Etienne was not going to be a major focal point against the Tennessee Titans. You, it's just almost impossible yeah. to run on that team. Um, keep in mind, 17 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. That was James Robinson. The first time around, ETN's going to get the bulk of these touches. Uh, I'm, you know, I, he needs to have, in my opinion, a hundred yard plus type performance, maybe one of those breakaway type runs. 
And on the other side, uh, Tyson Campbell for me. Shut down Mike Williams the first time around. This time you're going to have Mike Williams. You're going to have Keenan Allen. You've got Josh Palmer who had a 99-yard game against the Jags. You have Eckler coming out of the backfield. I know they did a great job against him the first time, Tony, but uh, I'd like to see Tyson Campbell lock down one guy. If I had to go with one, I'll say ETN. So who you got? Uh, I kind of went offense, defense, special teams too. Okay. I had my whole list, but ETM was my guy on offense because the Chargers are bad against the run. And so it does feel like you should be able to create an advantage for yourself in that matchup with Travis ETN this week. On defense, I'll say Josh Allen because they just got to find some way to affect the pocket uh, against this Chargers team. If you allow Herbert to sit back, even if Tyson Campbell plays an all-pro level game, I don't think the the Jags have the horses on the back end to cover what the Chargers can throw at them long enough if they aren't getting serious pressure on the quarterback this week. So I would vote Allen. And I do, if I was giving one vote to one player, it'd be Agnew. And I do feel like, I'll call it, I think he's going to return one for a touchdown. How's it? Like, I've, I've felt like he's been close for the last several weeks to that, and he's been heating up here over the last month of the season. We saw it again on Saturday night with the big return to get the offense rolling uh, for the Jags this week against the Titans a little bit there in the first half. I I do. I think Agnew's going to take one to the house. I, I now need Agnew to get knocked out at the one and let ETN take <laughs> it in from there. John, what do you got? I, I would go ETN, but for the sake of not saying ETN again, uh, for all the reasons you said, I I, I agree with the ATN pick. I'm going to go Zay Jones um, because it's so hard for me to pick out of the three receivers, meaning Jones, Kirk, and Ingram. They all feel the same to me because they've been so balanced. But I'll go with the, I mean, I'll go with Zay because he really hasn't had a huge game in the last couple, and I think I, I think he'll break out. He's very good against the Chargers the first time around. Yeah. Though. Um, had a 10-catch game for 85 yards and a score. And remember how balanced that was against the Chargers. I think all three receivers, Jones, Kirk, and and, and Jones, Jones. all scored. All caught touchdowns. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll go with, you know, I would go with Trayvon Walker because I thought he was a difference maker the mm-hmm. other night against the Titans. I think the Titans favor Trayvon making an impact because of the, phys- because of the physicality of it. Yeah. So I'll go with Josh Allen because – as you say, somebody has to disrupt up front. I don't think you can count on the secondary. And I and I'll go uh, I'll go with uh, Riley Patterson. Um, I think I don't think it's going to come down. It's not going to be a four field goal game, but I think this could come down to field goals late. And uh, so I will go with that. All right, I will uh, run through some of the Twitter responses we got in a moment. But first, let's say hello to XL Prime Time. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Mia O'Brien, hello. Hello, how are we? We're damn good around these parts. Uh, Why wouldn't we be, right? So, uh, today we're asking people that, uh, you know, in honor of Josh Allen being AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Taking Trevor Lawrence out of the equation, which player would you most like to see a player of the week type performance from to help ensure a Jaguar victory? Like, who is the guy that you say, if he has a big game, we got a great chance to win? Yeah, I've said this all week, going back to that Chargers win, or the Jaguars win over the Chargers week three. Obviously, they're two very different teams, but what we have seen throughout the course of the season is that teams have been able to run on Los Angeles. 
And the Jaguars learned to run the ball even after they traded James Robinson, who had 100 yards against the Chargers week three. Travis Etienne only had 45 yards. And so thus, I believe if Travis Etienne can have a player of the week performance and can run the ball to the tune of over 100 yards, then yes, I do believe that uh, that will not only result in a Jaguars win, but he could also win a player of the week. Yeah, look, I think it's a lot on him, right? And I think the opportunity is there. Like you said, um, I think it's, uh, you know, in, in some ways funny that the Jets parked James Robinson on the inactive list every week so they wouldn't have to give up a fifth-round pick. You got us. You got us, okay? You got us back for taking the number one pick two years ago. We're all even now. Are you happy, Jets? I hope so. Uh, what do you have coming up today, Mia? Yeah, we got a ton coming up on primetime. Um, I know we're obviously going to be diving into the Jags, and we're also going to be welcoming back the high school half hour. So Justin Barney will be joining us, talking about some of the new coaching hires. And, of course, we will be diving into, and I'm checking my phone right now, uh, just to make sure we ensure that we're saying this correctly. We are hopefully going to be getting a Gator reporter to be named. Uh, we're still trying to finalize who that Gator reporter will be to discuss the Jaden Rashada Chronicles going down mm. in Gainesville right now. He has enrolled Mike Dempsey at the University of Florida, but he is not enrolled in classes, nor does he have an email address. Mm. Mysterious. Mysterious. So uh, we'll get to the bottom of that and a whole lot more coming up next on You're Prime doing Time. the right thing, Jaden. Hold strong, all right? All right? Plenty of good academic institutions out there for you to consider. All right, uh, Mia, have a great show. Thanks, guys. Coming up. I'm all out the root, right? I don't care. I uh, yeah. As long as we're rooting for the Jags on this show, that's, that's right. all you got to do. That's, that's right. all you got to do. All right. I uh, got a few here on the text line. Got one for Ray Sean continuing to make big plays. Evan Ingram getting key first downs. Uh, met people that were mentioned uh, today include Tyson Campbell, Travis Etienne, uh, Darius Williams, uh, Muma and Lloyd, Agnew, Trayvon Walker. A lot of that for Trayvon. Tons of Etienne. Zay Jones. More Rayshon, uh, Josh Allen. Again, these are players that you feel like if they have a player of the week type performance, it's going to give the Jags the best chance to win. These are uh, players outside of uh, the Trevor Lawrence circle. Christian Kirk getting some love in there. Um, and so, you know, pretty good sampling of guys. Uh, Snoop Connor. You know what? If Snoop Connor is your <laughs> AFC player of the week, you've probably done a lot. Of, you know what I mean? I like like that. that's kind of fun because. If you get one from one of your top guys, well, you, you're you going to need your top guys to play well. If you get one from a surprising guy out of left field, you go, oh, you know what? That uh, Add that to the pile. And yeah. that means you won, right? If Snoop Conner got the AFC Player of the Week. I got to believe that you're, you're, you've, you've advanced, right. right? So let's all vote for Snoop. <laughs> right. I I'm like with that. you on that. That's good. And uh, by the way, call ET at 207-7071. You've got a couple of days to do it, but don't wait. The earlier you get in, the earlier he's going to put together Come On Somebody for the Public's Tailgate Show on Saturday night. You can get featured uh, hearing yourself go crazy with your best Duval or Come On Somebody. Come on, somebody. Whatever the case may be. So 207-7071 on that front. John, what do you have coming up at Jaguars.com? Uh, I believe the Ozone podcast this week will be Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, he, he's been on before, but uh, so much has changed. And, I mean, it's it's hard to remember there hasn't been one, a, a, a defensive player who's had bigger plays in bigger games than uh, for this team than Rayshon Jenkins. We were saying maybe the best month that any defensive player has had in Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars history, right? I mean, when you consider what he did, arguably the best game against Dallas and then uh, tied for the team lead in tackles against the Jets, kind of a ho-hum game against the, the Texans, but everyone kind of had a ho-hum game. It wasn't one sure. that you need to go crazy. And then – 
Uh, you know, Jag fans, despite Josh Allen getting the award, in my post-game poll, they voted Rayshon over Allen for the defensive or for the overall player of the game. For yeah, because he, so. I mean, uh, yeah, he made the plays that mattered in that game, uh, and he, he, he personifies the defense in a way. Uh, high effort, unbelievable effort every play, and has made plays at key times. You know what? I'll take, been I'll, remarkable. Take, I'll take Herbert as player of the week as long as we get the dub. He can throw for 550. I don't care. I really don't. Survive in advance, baby, right. and you can have the accolades, and we'll take the dub, and let's keep playing deep into the postseason. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, for John Osier, senior writer at Jaguars.com, for Tony Smith, for Donovan Darius, for my man E.T., I am Mike Dempsey. Tomorrow, Mike DiRocco is going to join us, and uh, we'll have more uh, inching closer towards the Jags and the Chargers coming up this weekend. Uh, that'll do it for Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. So guess what? 1010 is popping, and there won't be no stopping. Bang, bang, bang.